Hello and welcome to the FDT TV podcast. We are back for the 23-24 season. And I haven't made a mistake in introducing the podcast yet. As always, if you haven't seen me before, my name is Ian and I am joined by the lovely Mike. Uh, I'm a West Ham fan. Mike is an Arsenal fan. We do talk general Premier League mostly. Uh, But this week we will be focusing on rule changes, some interesting signings and a little bit of the the pre-seasons of West Ham and Arsenal respectively just because that's all we've seen so far of the season uh, but Mike are you looking forward to this season considering you now have the same shirt as me on your wall yeah I am <laughs> um, yes I'm very much looking forward to the season football is coming back um, <clears throat> I've got to be honest in terms of football, I mean, I've watched a, a few of the the preseason games for for us, which we'll come on to a, in a bit. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, it's but we've we've been away for a couple of weeks. It's just been nice just to kind of down tools a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, still keeping an eye on on, on certain things about the the football world, i.e., the Women's World Cup and and bits and pieces like that but um it it has been a nice break but i'm i'm itching to go especially after yesterday i'm itching to go for uh for the new season so yeah yeah it's been uh it's been been a bit of a crazy crazy ride over the last couple of weeks well benji mentioned yesterday it is on the new layout if you're watching on video whether that's spotify youtube wherever uh we have a little trophy cabinet so so west ham I'm holding on to the Europa Conference League because that's all we're going to get until we win the championship again next year. Um, and then, Mike, obviously, Arsenal won the Community Shield yesterday. Um, I mean, I think Pep Guardiola had a, a bit to say about the uh, added on time, uh, considering there was eight minutes of added on time and they, you scored in, what, the 111th minute, something like that? Um, yes. It, it, it was a little bit like, what is going on? Even the commentators added it to say, we don't actually know when this is going to end. Um, but we, one of the rule changes we're going to see, we'll get into it in a little while, is, is the extra added on time to keep the ball in play more. But overall, um, obviously, you're going to be impressed. You lifted lifted a trophy. Some would call it a, a glorified pre-season friendly, uh, but, but a trophy is a trophy at the end of the day. And what did you make of, of, of setting out against Manchester City? Um, how, how did you think you fared overall? So for the first 20, 25 minutes of all, we were abysmal. Yeah. Um, if I'm being completely honest, the um, <clears throat> it's it's kind of been a bit of a, a running theme in in this preseason. And now I understand, obviously, people coming back from holidays and and all this sort of stuff. And obviously, we've made some uh, new additions, which we'll get onto yeah. in a bit. But um, <clears throat> yeah, the, it's it's kind of like a bit of a hangover from the end of last season when we started seeing or started picking up some of those poor results, conceding silly goals. Um, and yeah, for the first 20, 25 minutes yesterday, I was like, if this is the way we're going to go, then we've got a long season ahead of us, considering how well we pushed Manchester City last year. But yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah once we hit like kind of like the 30-minute mark, I thought there was definitely an improvement. Uh, Kai Havertz, I think yesterday um, <clears throat> we've primarily played him on the wings or in the centre mid midfield position. But obviously we've had a bit of a, an injury crisis already in terms of Gabby Jesus, who's um, had a procedure 
um, which it picked up a bit of a knock in the the preseason game against Barcelona. But from listening to uh, Arteta about what's happened, apparently it's a bit of a hangover from the injury picked up at the World Cup. Anyway, so yep. he's had the uh, the operation for that, so he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, we've got some options, and um, like I said, Kai Havertz. He was it was a bit of a strange pick for me. Obviously, when we do have, I suppose what would you call an out and out striker in Eddie Nketiah. Um but I mean I've got to say he was he was really he was okay yesterday in yep. that number nine position. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh held the ball up well, was getting into good positions, had a couple of chances of himself. Um and I think over the course of like the next few weeks or so, I'm hoping he's he's gonna pick up a little bit of confidence and he's he scored a couple of cracking goals in preseason already. Mm. Um, one in uh, the United States against the MLS All-Stars and I think the other was against Barcelona as well so he he does he can find the goal um, granted the, the chances I'd say there were probably half chances yesterday um, but he's done really well Jurian Timber is an outstanding signing from what I've seen of him in pre-season he's yeah. been quality phenomenal player um, Yes, yeah. I've, I've got to be honest, I didn't know much about him. Obviously, I've YouTubed him uh, a couple of bits, so you see the best bits, but you never really understand how a player is going to fit into the system. But he is incredible. What a baller. Um, yeah, and then obviously you mentioned uh, the signing of Declan Rice. And I've, I've got to be honest, the only reason I've got the 41 on the back of the shirt because I know you've got it behind you. <laughs> so um, that, that is literally the only reason I've got the 41 on the back it, of the shirt. In fairness, um, he, he, he's, a, he's a good player and, and I've seen a couple of bits. He's playing in that sort of Xhaka role, isn't he? Yeah. I, I think he's going to foul. I'm, I'm really sorry. I think he, he the, the Arsenal faithful are going to hate him um, because... He was given the the role of of sort of do what you like, and he did improve going forward um, for for West Ham last year. But he's a phenomenal defensive midfielder. You've got Martin Odegaard, who you have to say he's, he's although he's he's still young, isn't he? Comparatively, he's got to be mm-hmm. one of the best sort of creative players. And Kai Havertz is a phenomenal attacking midfielder. He's not a number nine um, as he got played at Chelsea. I don't know why you wouldn't put Declan Rice at the base of that midfield and let Kai Havertz and Martin Odegaard rip apart every single team um, rather than playing Declan Rice as sort of a box-to-box-ish player because he, he, hasn't, he hasn't got the goals in him. Um, he, he can score a goal, he can strike a ball, he can pass a ball, but he, he's, his biggest strength is interceptions, recovering the ball and passing it out really quickly, progressively. And it just yep. it, it frustrates me a little bit because he's like he is such a good player, and he was beloved at West Ham, and I don't think anyone begrudges him leaving. But if he's going to be played in that role, you're not going to see the best of him. Yeah, to be honest, I'm I'm interested to see what they um, what his overall position is going to be because I've I've got to be honest, but my my feeling when he signed for us because there was a lot of speculation about Thomas Partey going. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well before the um, before the end of the transfer window. And obviously, we still don't know what's going to happen, but I mean, the club have come out and said that there's going to be, um, or he's, he's definitely in our plans and all this sort of stuff. But again, money talks and bullshit walks yep. is, um, is the saying that we've said so many times on this channel. But um, yeah, I'm, 
I I kind of had him envisaged in that kind of holding defensive position, kind of like playing possibly like a a three two two one two one sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and having him and Thomas Partey kind of bol- bol- bolstering up that position just in front of um, Yamato Odegaard and um, in front of the defence as well. But um, yeah, from from what I've seen, he has. Granted, he's only played like two two or three games during the preseason because he come in with a bit of a knock. Uh, played a game, didn't play a game because it was they were just being a little bit overly cautious. But um, I've I got to be honest, I did like what I saw yesterday in parts of it. But I, I still think, obviously, that the whole reason for these pre-seasons is to work out what their best position is. And I, I think over the course of the season, we're possibly going to see variations to, to what his role is going to be, obviously, yeah. given the opposition and, and stuff like that. So you may see those games where he does have the 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 Xhaka flexibility that he had last season. Yeah. Um or we may see him and, and Thomas Partey really holding that position in the midfield um between the, the, the midfield or the attack midfield and the defenders. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's nice to have options. Um I've got to be honest, it's such an astronomical feat. I was surprised that we ended up pushing that over the line. Yeah. Um, but obviously, from reading various different reports and stuff for how well we've done um, over the course of the last few years, getting rid of people off the wage book and and all that sort of business, it's it's definitely given us a lot more flexibility, so we can go out with the the increased in transfer fees and wages and stuff like yeah. that because we've we've run the club so well over the last few years. So um, still still in a little bit shocked that that signing actually went or got over the line, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen over the course of the season. Mm. So so speaking of yesterday's game, obviously we mentioned the, the extra time, which is going to be a new feature, as we saw in the, the Qatar World Cup um, and we, we've seen in the Championship so far this season. Uh, one of the other things mm-hmm. that, that did, did become apparent yesterday was the descent. Um, obviously they're, they're trying to pick up time-wasting and kicking the ball away, things like that. Ra- uh, raising your hands to simulate a card. See, Arteta got booked mm-hmm. for that. Um, I mean, the, these are all things that are shouldn't have to be done. They, they shouldn't have to be done. Uh, that and and the the crowd in the ref. If if more than one player approaches the referee, chances are they're going to get a, a yellow card this season. So we could see so eight or nine yellow cards a, a team every, yeah, every yeah. for the first opening couple of weeks because it will take them a little while to figure out. Don't be an idiot. Let the captain go and speak to the ref as as they should. Um, but I mean. <laughs> We had a little bit of a discussion beforehand. It seemed to be applied fairly to start off with. And then, obviously, you mentioned Rodri had a few of them where he could have been sent off, but, but there wasn't that strength to give him that second yellow. Because it, yep. you, you would you would argue if it was your team, that's really light for a yellow card. But if that's the rules, you've got to enforce them. Um, yep. So, I mean, do you think they will be able to keep up with it and, and make it good? Because I think the idea behind it is... If we enforce these early on in the season by week game week number six, it should have been stamped out because the players are going to know if they do this, it's an instant yellow. Um, so, do you think they will be able to enforce it properly, or do you think they will? Uh, some of the refs will wilt under the pressure. Oh, absolutely! I mean, we've seen some catastrophes in terms of VAR decisions. Um, 
from from last season and we were told that things were going to improve and we're still getting um howard we coming out saying oh yeah we've um we've, we've phoned and apologized for xyz reason because we got it wrong and all that sort of stuff so um <clears throat> i think heart of hearts things will be all right for a couple of weeks you would hope that it's eradicated from the game yep. and obviously we we see a better flowing game going forwards but i think it's going to be revert back to type errors from from var and all this sort of stuff and it's going to be business as usual mm -hmm. <clears throat> i suppose a part of me would be disappointed if it is eradicated because if it is eradicated why haven't they done these sorts of things sooner? And I appreciate, obviously, it's a learning curve and all this sort of stuff. And um, I, I understand there's been changes to um, to the offside rules as well. Um, but <clears throat> I'll believe it when I see it, if yeah, I'm being completely yeah, honest. That's that's fair enough. It's it's, it's a hard one. It's, it's definitely going to make for some interesting things as well. Uh, something else that will make for some interesting changes is the leniency on physical challenges. So those shoulder to shoulder comings together shouldn't be blown up as a foul, that's what they're saying. Again, a little bit uh, subjective, uh, but, but what the guidelines say is any challenge that is deemed careless is a foul uh, uh, and any which are reckless will receive a yellow card and any player who endangers the safety of an opponent will be sent off. So it's, it's sort of let's keep the game flowing, make it a bit quicker, a bit more entertaining, keep the ball in for longer. Um, but actually, if you're doing careless and, and silly stuff, we're going to punish you. That's that's a general idea. Again, I think it's too that's too subjective a, a call. Uh, some referees will be really hot on it and, 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 and let the game flow. Others will be blowing it up like there is no tomorrow. One of the interesting things or changes that I think is, is the technical area. Obviously, we've seen before now staff jumping up and down, managers, assistants, coaches, all, all these people um, uh, in the technical area at once. They will all now get booked if there is more than one person in the technical area. And um, what they've said is there's going to be harsher punishments for managers who leave the technical area, whether that's to confront the fourth official, whether that's to, to go and confront an uh, opposition manager, or as we've seen with Jurgen Klopp and a couple of others, the charging up the pitch that's now likely to be sent ascending off a fence. Um, and if you do get sent off as a manager or as an assistant, or you're now no longer allowed to be within sight lines of the pitch, which I think will make it more interesting. Because even if what, what you used to see is, is a manager get sent off, they'd sit in a stand, have a radio or phone, be talking to the assistant who's shouting instructions. Now, if, even if they're sitting in the, in the, in the changing room, there's going to be a delay from what, what's going on on the pitch and what they're seeing. So that, that's going to change that dynamic. So I think, again, we'll see one or two receive a red card. I think you're likely to see Klopp sent off and, and make up an excuse it was the wind that blew him out of these technical area. Um, <laughs> but I think we're going to see a few offenders for, for <coughs> the first maybe six, ten weeks. And then and then I think it will, all of a sudden, either they will give up on, on doing it or it will disappear entire, entirely. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's some interesting changes. I think they've, they've made some of these and they've pushed it more towards this year the decisions in the ref's hands and they can keep the game flowing and rather than the VAR so that that seems to I've not I've not seen anything that mentions VAR yet um in my research I'm not saying there isn't but there's definitely going to be some uh, some some elements there that that will will affect the VAR decisions so 
There was one thing I saw yesterday, which um, I, I wasn't sure, or personally, I, I wasn't aware of, of this particular rule, but um, <clears throat> I kind of want to get your your take on it. And I've, for, I'll, I'll give you my opinions afterwards. But <clears throat> we saw Martin Erdegaard go down at one point and then uh, was at the side of the pitch. And apparently they now have to wait 30 seconds before they can come back onto the pitch. Uh, and obviously a lot of the, the fans and stuff were kind of making their voices heard as if to say, why aren't you letting them on? Then obviously they communicated that there has been a rule change yeah. Um, to prevent people kind of like feigning injury and stuff like that. There's now kind of like the 30 second delay before they're allowed to enter the pitch again. Yep. What are your, um, what are your thoughts on that? I think it should be longer. I think if, if you've gone down and you need, and they make you leave the pitch to receive treatment, I think I think it should be at least two minutes, because actually, if you're able to spring back up and carry on, spring back up and carry on, it keeps the game flowing. If you're having to leave the pitch to receive treatment or to have something looked at or to have the magic sponge, whatever it may be, I think that comes into sort of the unsportsmanlike thing. If you're then off the pitch and go, oh, I can come straight back on. So mm-hmm. I do think it's a good thing. I think it will it will it's it's there to try and stop some of this rolling about and, and deceiving the ref and this that, and the other I, I think they're going to have to get a bit stronger on it and go actually if if you're rolling around as soon as I blow my whistle you pop back up you, you're you going to get booked for it I think that's the only way you're going to you're going to rule it out um, is, is to, to stop people playing that do that that's a very strong way to take it because there are some refs you have to play up to because otherwise they won't give you anything. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's a good thing, and I think overall it, it should it should get rid of ninety percent of of that sort of rolling about for to w- try and win the light foul. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think more positives yeah, and negatives I- with that one. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, granted, like I said, I wasn't aware of the uh, the rule change until they'd actually mentioned it on the uh, on the coverage. But I I think it's a brilliant change because we have seen these um, instances where you get the the slightest of knocks, so they do get obviously the um, the the uh, coaching staff and all the the doctors and that running onto the pitch with the old magic sponge or the magic spray, as you said. But um, <clears throat> I, I think is great because obviously you you then need to make the decision whether you're happy with putting your team down for 30 seconds, minimum of 30 yeah. seconds, um, before you're allowed to enter play. Because obviously, depending on where you go down in the box, you have a turnover. You've left your team one one player short. Um, so you're potentially compromising your team's position. So I, I'll, I'll give them their dues. I actually think that's a fantastic rule change. Mm. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, remember going to see a pre-season game where West Ham had signed Faguli, uh, the winger. He went down a couple of times in this pre-season game and rolled about for no reason. He got booed by the West Ham faithful and shouted abuse at. Within that game, it sort of policed itself. Uh, not not all fan bases are like that. If if someone goes down, the the Man United fans are definite ones. So Liverpool, any player goes down for any contact or any non-contact, they're all screaming at the ref for a foul or a penalty. So I think in that in that side of things, it 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 will it will help. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, it, as I said, it brings more positives than negatives. Um, 
You said about the offside rule. What what's what's new about the offside rule? Is this is this about the if if he's if the whole the whole of the player's got to be clearly offside? Is it rather than these toe now yeah. rules? Yes. What's go on? Give us a give us a bit more of your your understanding on that because I've not I'm not too sharp on what what the new rule is on on the offsides. So from what I understand, <clears throat> obviously happy to be corrected if anyone wants to uh, yep. jump in the comments. Um, but <clears throat> obviously we saw a lot of contentious decisions last year with like a shirt sleeve or, as you mentioned, the toenail is, is slightly offside. And I think the silhouette of the player has to be... Um, so instead of going from the part in which you can score or the part of your body which you can score with, yep. there has to... It's, it's kind of gone back to, or reverted back to the type where... If you lock offside, so you could be half a body offside, then you're offside. Um, if it comes down to, to fine margins where you're drawing the lines to it within a pixel, um, and if the lines don't or kind of touch themselves, then obviously it's not they, they have been given. Yeah, they've yeah. been. Um, I think the the idea behind it is to give the um, give the the benefit to the striker again, whereas. Obviously, for the last few seasons, we've we've seen the uh, the decision go back more in terms of oh sorry the the benefit has gone with the defender, mm -hmm. whereas now, like I said, the the silhouette of the player has to be massively well not massively offside, but it from what we would have seen from previous decisions, um, yeah. I, th I th personally, again, I think it's it's a good rule change, but I'll be interested to see how they put it into uh, into force. Um, because, but like I said, we saw some ridiculous decisions last year, yeah. uh, and they've got to be able to know where um, the, the phase of play where the offside actually counts. Not that I'm still bitter about the um, the Brentford game last year. <laughs> Definitely not bitter about that. One hundred percent, where mm. um, they got the the first the first phase of play was where the offside was. Yeah, um, and they just did it from the second phase. So yeah. Again, I think it's one of these ones that can uh, improve the game, but I'll be interested to see how it actually works out. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. If it, if it's applied properly, it will make for a more entertaining game because it keeps it flowing rather than yep. all this stopping and starting. Oh, we've got to wait for him to draw a line. Oh, that line's wonky. Let's draw a different one. Oh, I don't like that angle. So yeah, it's it's all it's all well and good. Um, so should should we move on to some exciting ins and outs across the league? Um, I think there there is a I want to say I don't want to say a clear winner of who who's who's doing really well in, in the um, transfer market, but I think there's certainly a couple of teams that are pushing the boundaries of actually they they could really make something of this season, um, and I think one of those, if I'm totally honest, is Aston Villa. Um, Bought in Yuri Telemans on a free transfer, which I think is mm -hmm. a phenomenal signing. Um, obviously, we see bits of his of his best at Leicester, but I think the way that Emery's got Aston Villa playing, he will suit that style of play really well because he has got a great range of passing. Um, mm -hmm. Pau Torres from Villarreal, the defender, uh, was off. A number of teams were after him last year. Um, he didn't move. He's now gone to Villa. It's a solid defender. It really is. Uh, and the other one, which I'm quite excited about, is a guy that... Uh, you know, this is a player I couldn't figure out what Diaby it was. Uh, Moussa Diaby from Leverkusen was one that the West Ham um, 
technical director identified a number of years ago, uh, brought him into Leverkusen. Um, he is now at Aston Villa as well, really tricky, quick winger, um, and I think will only add to Aston Villa. Um, and, and I've got to admit, I think they had a really good season under him last year. Once Gerard had gone, I think he uh, he really brought them into title challenges. And, and, and I know people laughed at that last season when I did my roundup. But when you look at the form from when he took over, I think Aston Villa finished second overall in, mm-hmm. in that in that thing. So if a Gerard hadn't been sabotaging, they could have uh, they could have done all right. Um, and also um, there is a Cliver back in the Premier League. Justin Cliver has signed from Roma to Bournemouth of all places. Is he as good as his dad? Probably not, but he's still he's still fun to watch. One of those edgy seat players, um, and there is also another Beckham, Romeo Beckham, David Beckham's son has signed for Brentford. I think he's playing in like the under twenty one, something like that. Uh, but could we see Beckham come in and play Premier League football? Don't know. Don't know. Um, is there is there any other players that you go? Actually, that's a phenomenal signing. Um, James Trafford to to Burnley, I think, was a good one. Man City keeper played in the under twenty ones for England, and I like that signing. And the other one I mentioned before was Tonali to to Newcastle. They're my ones to look out for. Um, I mean, is there any that you you particularly think that's that's quite an astute bit of business? Or um, <clears throat> I've already touched on him. Uh, Jurian Timber. As I said, I don't know um, or didn't know much about the guy. I know <clears throat> there was a few clubs that were in for him uh, previously, and obviously he's put his his preference uh, as Arsenal. We, we managed to get the the deal done, but <clears throat> from what I've seen of him already in pre-season, again I know it's going to be different come the season, but he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's um, cannot can play in the centre, the wide, and can play as a winger as well. Yeah. And he's got such quick feet, absolutely rapid quick feet. Um, I'm really excited by him. Obviously, possibly a little bit biased for the uh, the Arsenal link there, but um, for for the money that we got for him, uh, sorry, the money that we paid for him, Yeah. Um, I think he's, if, if he does as well this season as what I've seen already, then... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. And to be honest, I think he's going to give a lot of competition for the likes of Ben White, a right back, because he can play right back as well as left back. So yeah. he played in the left back position for us yesterday. Um, so he can play left back, left wing. Um, he's a very versatile player, yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be uh, one to watch this year. Obviously, with Saliba as well signing the new contract, I know he's not um, a new signing, but I hope... For the love of God, he stays <laughs> injury free. Yeah. But again, for for us, it's nice to see that we have got options. Yeah. Oh, <coughs> this season. So here's one I've just seen, which I didn't realise mm-hmm. it's an out. It's not a. It's not an in. Uh, Alan St Maximum has has gone to our alley in for twenty three million pounds. I, I mean, I would have taken him at West Ham for for twenty three mil. Um, I know that sort of the the. They're sort of trying to create their own Arabian Premier League, aren't they, by buying all these mm-hmm. players? I don't know if it will necessarily work, um, but that's a shame to see him go out. I, I mean, he, he was an exciting player, 
Um, Manchester City have signed another player as, as well. I think it was yesterday. They they confirmed yep. it. Jaskov Guardiol, um, the Croatian defender. I think he will will. <laughs> it's strange to say strengthen that Man City defense, but he can play centre back. He can play left back. Phenomenal, phenomenal signing. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, West Ham. We've signed some great players. Um, in like ni- late nineties. Early two thousands, um, <laughs> the Canio, what yeah, not not so much, not so much this year. Uh, where we've signed absolutely bugger all. Actually, I, I say that's a lie. I will get called out on that because we haven't signed bugger all. We've signed one player, and that player is Sean Moore uh, from Cliftonville in the USA, but he's not being registered for Premier League. He has joined, and it's been his contract is for the under twenty ones team. So they've they've added it in as a sign and say, look, we have signed someone, but we haven't really because they're not going to have any effect on the first team whatsoever. Um, but Skamaka's gone today, Rice is gone, Lanzini's gone, Masuaku's gone completely. <laughs> it's we're looking weak, we're looking weak, and we've been linked with McTominay, Maguire, Edison Alvarez, but it's like James Wall Prowse, James Wall Prowse, but it's like, hang on. Paulinho, none of these players really have any sort of sell-on value as such um, because they're all, I mean, Alvarez and McTominay are the, are the youngest. I think they're both 25, 26. Um, but but Paulinho's 29, so you ain't going to sell him on. Ward Prowse is 29, you're not going to sell him on. And they're big money signings. Maguire's 30, you're not going to get big money back for him. And it just, it, 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 I feel like we're doomed for relegation. I think, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of teams that got a lot better. I think Wolves are going to struggle this year. I think we're going to struggle this year. I think Luton will struggle. Sheffield United, I think, will be in a relegation battle, but I think they'll be sort of the best of the rest. Um, other than that, I think possibly Bournemouth again, but but they've because they've changed the manager. Um, Everton, I don't think are going to be a problem this year. I think they'll be safe. I think they'll be at the top end of that relegation battle. Um, and the only other one that I do worry about a little bit is Crystal Palace. I feel they mm. that getting rid of Wilf Saha and a couple of other players. There's no real, doesn't seem to be any real direction now um, for them. And and I think for a lot of teams, Burnley um, are going to be a trump card this year. Um, the only reason I say it when you think of Burnley you think of that sort of hard to beat Sean Dyche football we're going to come for a really rough game if Vincent Company can produce the sort of football he's, he, he produced at Anderlecht he produced in the championship last year people are going to turn up to Turf Moor and they're going to get turned over because then they're going to set up for this really direct style of play and it's going to be high press passing nice quick football whether they can keep that up in the Premier League because it is a huge step up. I, I don't know. They, they've brought in some, some old Premier League. Um, so Oberfemi has come in. Nathan Redmond's come in. Both got Premier League experience. They've, they've got a few players that have been around the block a little bit as well to, to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they're, they're going to be the trump card this, this year. What's, what's, what's your take on, 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 on the seasons thus far? Um, Luton, without a shadow of a doubt, I think are going to 
go down. Yeah. Um, I know they've got some issues with their stadium at the moment and they're already asking for games to be postponed or uh, the reverse fixture to be played, which <clears throat> doesn't bode well. Um, one of my, one of the guys I work with, he's um, he's a Luton Town fan, obviously in Cloud Nine when they got promoted. Yeah. Um, but like you said a couple of weeks ago, um, I think potential. I mean, I'm happy to be proved wrong, um, but potential to be a bit of a a whipping boy this year. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a massive step up. They haven't really got um, that many signings. I think they had a, a quite a few people on loan last year. Um, so I'll be interested to see what happens with them. I I, I disagree with West Ham as well. Um, okay. Because I, I think, granted, you've already mentioned uh, the fact that you haven't made any real substantial signings, but there's still, what, 20-odd 20, 20 days of the transfer window to go. Um, I Personally, I wouldn't be worried. Um, I know, obviously, when we spoke off, uh, off camera beforehand, um, you mentioned about, David Moyes possibly going I before the start of the season or very soon into the start of the season. Yep. Um, but again, it's one of those things we need to see what happens. I I think I'd I'd be surprised if you are in a relegation fight this year. That's okay. just my gut feeling. Um, but uh, who do I think? So Luton absolutely to go down. Um, Everton. I don't know how I feel about Everton. Um, obviously, they were teetering on the edge of it a bit for a, for a bit last season. Uh, Sean Dice obviously come in, didn't really improve them. I know they were a, li- a lot more stable than when um, Frank Lampard was in charge, but yeah, I, I, I'd be worried for them. I think they've they've been teetering on the edge for the last couple of seasons now. Yep. I think there is a potential for them to do uh, what happens to Southampton. So Southampton were riding their luck for a few seasons as well. Um, finally bit the uh, the bullet last year. So um, Everton's one I would say to watch out for. Yep. And uh, I think Tottenham, I, I know obviously being an Arsenal fan, it's, it's probably um, very biased of me to say Tottenham, but I th- obviously we've still got a few weeks left of the transfer window <clears throat> there's every possibility that Harry Kane can can go I know they've um just turned on a third bid from uh Bayern Munich for uh, for the transfer of uh Harry Kane um but I would be interested to see what happens in that situation will will he will he stay will a bid come in from from overseas uh for an increased offer I know that the, the bid that came in today was like the final offer. But again, it could, it could just be that extra few quid. The guy's 30 years old. He's got uh, one year left on his contract. He's going to be going for free next year. Yeah. I, I Personally, I think you'd be stupid not to sell him. Mm-hmm. I know he's, he's well, he's broken all the records already for in terms of his career at Tottenham. The guy wants to go and win trophies. He's yeah. given you so many years of service. I know he's obviously not. There's not been any kind of like silverware of value in that period for him, um, but I suppose this this goes back to what we were saying, or we have said before, is that he's a shit owner, but brilliant businessman. Uh, but I think this is going to be one of these opportunities where it kind of bites him in the ass a little bit because they're going to yeah. be in a worse off position come next year. 
um, if they don't qualify for Champions League and, or the Europa League, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried for Tottenham. Yeah, and I think Daniel Levy, bless him, he's, he's in a bit of a quandary. He's already public enemy number one, isn't he, most of the time at Tottenham. If he sells Harry Kane, then he he's even more public enemy number one because you've sold Harry Kane, how can you sell him? Yet if he keeps him and he leaves on a free in January, why didn't you sell him? Because you could have got money for him. It's, it's a lose-lose situation for him. But I do think mm. if he can get 50 million quid for him, he's laughing. Um, I mean, I see a, a breakdown between one about Manchester United signing um, Rasmus Hoyland from Atlanta. So though Hoyland went for £72 million with the add-ons, when you, when you work it out over the length of the contract and what the contract demands were... I think Harry Harry Kane worked out something like three hundred million pound more than Rasmus Hoyland will do because of the contract at the uh, at the other end of it. Um, and although yes, he's a proven goal scorer, he is at the end of his career. So you're looking at more of that sort of Van Persie to type signing with him to to fill a gap for a season or two before then you yep. have to go again and sign somebody else. Um, Again, would the Tottenham fans begrudge him leaving? I don't think they would. I don't think they can. I don't think they'd be justified in, in, in being upset at him leaving. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. He scored, I think he scored four, didn't he, against Shakhtar the other day. Yeah. Um, but it's a pre-season. I mean, Everton haven't lost all pre-season. So it's, it's one of those, sometimes you have a really good pre-season, yet you lose your first three games. And other times you go, mm-hmm. actually, we're phenomenal this year. We're gonna we're gonna absolutely light up the league. We're gonna we're gonna knock out teams left, right, and centre, and all of a sudden you're struggling to to keep hold of possession. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of a strange one pre season. Um, but yeah, I mean, who's your top goal scorer? I can only be Haaland. <laughs> I think so. I think the only thing that they will struggle with, they, including yesterday, they were in seven comp. They could have won seven trophies this year. Manchester City, mm-hmm. uh, obviously only six up for grabs now, um, but yeah, I think it'd be hard to argue against him being top goal scorer. I think they could struggle with the descent rules a little bit because the tactical foul, the kicking the ball out, the time management is all part of their game. Yep. So that could make changes in it. But I think yeah, you, you're probably spot on there. What about top assists? That's a tricky one um, because I heard an interesting stat yesterday. Yep. Or I saw an interesting stat. And I think it was for 17 games that Leandro Trossard was uh, um, available for us. He either contributed or assisted a goal per game. Yep. But obviously, we've got the likes of Martinelli, Martin Odegaard. I, I really don't know where to go with this one. I really don't know where to go with this one. Um, uh, De Bruyne. Okay. Interesting. Do you know? Do you know what I'm going to go for? I'm I'm going to go for a little bit outside the box here. I, I, I I'm torn between two. I'm going to go for Saz Bosley. Wherever you pronounce his name, the new Liverpool guy, I think he he could come up with you. But also, um, oh, is it freeway time? I think James Madison could produce a few. Kieran Trippier. I think if he can mm. stay fit, I think 
I think he could this year rack up the assists really quick. Um, I mean, he, he was good last year, but he had some injury issues and, and they had some issues up front. But I think this year they could potentially he, he could be he could be one for for scoring more. And an interesting one because the Golden Glove winner David De Gea currently a free transfer. Um, so who, who who are you putting down for the the the, the Golden Glove winner? Matt Turner. Matt Turner. <laughs> Get out. Um, well, it's, um, he's apparently going to... Uh, oh, he's got a medical book for, for Nottingham Forest, so he's going to be off the um, the Arsenal box uh, potentially within the next few days or so. Um, no, in all seriousness, there's, there's talks about a possibility of uh, David Rea from Brentford coming to us. Yep. I think that is going to be... Massive competition for Aaron Ramsdale, and Aaron Ramsdale had a few mistakes in his game last year. Mm-hmm. No, no, no issues with him at all. I think he's a phenomenal keeper, and has has definitely brought us to another level. Yep. Um, but I think by signing someone of that quality, I think is going to push Ramsdale for a better season. Oh, one hundred percent. So uh, do you know what? I'm actually going to put Ramsdale down. As uh, as the Golden Glove this year, I'm I'm going to go Nick Pope. Yeah, it's another good shout. And, and the only reason I say that is is he he isn't good with his feet, Pope. He's not this sweeper keeper type thing, but phenomenal shot stopper, phenomenal. Um, and I think he will Newcastle will do all right. I don't think they're going to do quite as well as they did last year, but I think they're going to do all right this year. Um, and last question of the day from me. Deli Alley um, has has come out and it's a few interviews and talks about some of the issues he's he's been going through and sorting out, which could have been the reasons for his decline, so to speak. Um, Sean Dyche has said he's back training, he's training really well, but he's not he's not ready yet. He's still nursing a few injuries. Do you think we could see him back to his best this year? Um, from from speaking. As someone that has been through some personal stuff, now I'm not saying to any extent of what Delia Ali has had to go through. Um, I've had a few health issues um, and previous issues from earlier on in life. I won't bore you with the details, but I know there are times where it does weigh you down and affects you personally. Um, just having the ability to to communicate those issues, I think is going to be a massive weight off of, um, well, it's a massive weight of anyone's shoulders. Uh, I suppose it's acknowledging the issue, I think is the first bit. Being able to put yourself, or being of someone of that stature and putting yourself in that forum to be able to express those um, issues that you've had personally. I mean, for, for me... Um, went to, to counselling years ago and just being able to talk to some someone about or someone impartial about things is such a relief and there were <laughs> there were things that were going on in my life at the time I didn't actually realise and <laughs> um, it, it was massively, massively life changing given that experience so um, I think he's got or he was he was one of these youngsters that had such a meteoric rise, mm-hmm. um, and as soon as there was any kind of hint of a decline, people were on him 
Yeah. Straight away. I'm very critical of him. Um, and I've, I think it would be evident to see how it affected his game. Now he's got those issues out in the open. I think people are going to be a little bit more understanding. But at the same time, he's got a job to do and he has got um, his reputation to kind of uphold. So I think... Yes, there's every possibility we could see him back to his best. I don't think he's ever going to hit the heights of which he did hit um, at Tottenham. Yeah. Um, but I think we will start to see him back to his his best. Yeah, we say I think he's very much a confidence player as well, isn't he? Mm. Um, so I think if he can get a, f- a good run of games and some good performances, he, he is a baller. Um, I th- I do think you're right, matching that. That form at Tottenham that that year or, or those couple of years will be hard because he hasn't got Harry Kane to feed balls in, Son coming up beside him that that's actually hitting form and becoming well known. He hasn't got Christian Eriksen playing across from him. That that was a a real golden time at Tottenham. Uh, those players that they had in place were all in form in their prime, um, mm-hmm. uh, playing a certain style. So I think I think yeah. It, <laughs> I think Daishi's probably the right person to manage him at this point in his career. Um, he's known as a man manager. He, he, he's known to be a bit of a soft touch, but actually when he needs to, he, he, he put the boot in, do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I hope he, he, he turns really good just because he's not Tottenham anymore. It's uh, mm. <laughs> rather than be good at Everton than he was at Tottenham. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't got really anything else to add to this week's occasion. No, don't. No, neither of me. Um, obviously, we've still got a few days left of the um, the before the start of the season. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens mm. over the course of the the week or so. And um, yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, we'll look back to report next week. Yeah. So before before we wrap up, there is one thing. Uh, obviously, I have got the trophy. I'm not the holder of the trophy, but we do do predictions every week and we want you to get involved this year. Uh, this season, we or this season, this week, we have the Premier League opener, Manchester City versus Burnley. We have West Ham or Arsenal at home to... Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest and West Ham are away to Bournemouth. So put your predictions in the comments section below over on YouTube. Um, hit us up on Twitter, wherever. Uh, and X as it's now called, um, and, and get get to us with, with what's going on. But Mike, I will let you give the opening prediction for the season as the reigning champion. Um, Burnley, Manchester City. What do you think? I do. You know what? After yesterday, I think um, Pep come out and said uh, before the the start of the game that they started their preseason later than Arsenal did. Um, and I think towards the end of the game, I think they did look a little bit leggy. I know yep. they've still got a week or so to work on um, work on that. But for for Burnley, it's going to be a massive occasion going to the champions, Vincent Company going back to um, his beloved Manchester City and with a point to prove, I think, uh, coming up against his old boss as well. So, um, yeah, I am... I wouldn't be surprised if there's an upset on the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yesterday was a bit of a blueprint on how to keep Haaland quiet because he was very quiet yesterday. Uh, was substituted off after about 65, 65, 70 minutes. We're not really a sniff in, in the game at all. So I wouldn't be surprised again um, if 
uh, if there is a bit of an upset on the cards. But that being said, and, and do you know what? I'm actually going to stick with it. I am going to go for a... I'm going to go for 2-2. Two, two. See, I, I was thinking this myself, very, very long, very similar lines. Manchester City started quite slowly last year. Um, but I think they will have enough. I, I'm going to go 2-1 to Manchester City. Okay. Uh, and I'll concede to you again as it's your team, Arsenal at home to Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I've, as I said, looking at the uh, the pre-season, it's, it's been a bit of a... I wouldn't necessarily say hit and miss. There's, there's definitely been more hits than misses. Um, some silly goals that we have conceded. But um, after yesterday, winning the uh, the Community Shield is going to put us on a massive high. And I think um, what better way to start your season at home, in front of your home crowd, um, <laughs> coming off as champions. Uh, I am going to go for, uh, in fact, just a kind of caveat, that actually. Um, mentioned earlier, we are without a out-and-out goal scorer. I'm interested to see who the team selection is going to be um, going into that game. But I am going to go for I'm going to go for three one to Arsenal because I do Ooh. think, like I said, we've got still got a few silly mistakes in our game, um, and I think we will concede. So uh, I'm I'm not in the forest. I've really not played very well uh, in preseason. I know you can't use that as a as a, as a sort of measuring stick. Uh, but they've only scored three goals in like seven games, so I, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna score against you. But again, I don't think you're necessarily gonna run away with it. Um, two nil for me. Cool. Uh, and finally, uh, West Ham travel to Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth have got a new manager. They've got a few new signings. Um, we've been awful. Um, if uh, if this is really, this is really hard because you know you go. I want to be excited about the season. We 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 won a, a European trophy. We should be track tracking all of that momentum into this first game of the season. But it's really not happened, especially after a three-one spanking of Renee and a four-nil spanking at Leverkusen. We now travel to Bournemouth, who have been a bit of a bogey side in previous years. I'm going to go for. 1-0 Bournemouth. I am going to go... I'm going to go for a draw on this one. I'm going to go 1-1. Mm. I did think about 0-0, nil, nil, but I, I just think we've got we've got some silly mistakes. And as I've said for years, the way to beat West Ham is to play really simple football. Um, <laughs> we, we've, we've, we've conceded some awful goals. And, and you wouldn't mind if it was like breakthrough players are you given a chance in a first team youngsters this was like our first team defenders that that have been around the block and they were fucking awful um but <laughs> yeah so uh yeah Bournemouth to win for me but let us know as I said what your predictions are make sure you're subscribed on all channels wherever you're consuming we're available everywhere and if you really want to help us out go over to YouTube press the thumbs up subscribe and just yeah, join in every week. Why not? Is there is there anything else from you, Mister Hawes? No, no, it's everything. No. So it's good to see you again, mate. We've yes. had uh, a couple of weeks off. I'm looking forward to getting back into it. Yeah, and say so it's as you can see next week. There will be an update. West Ham will be first on that 
record and, and, and Arsenal will be 20th. So, uh, yeah, until then, I've been Ian. I've been Mike. And we will see you very, very soon.